a man in his power is a man who has practices that regularly get him into his body and help him figure out what he does want, where he does want to go, what he does want to do. And, you know, that, you know, I think can include like physical practices and stuff that you do on your own, but also relational, like a man who does have friends that he can have deep conversations with a man who is a member of tribes where he can get real and a man who has mentors that he respects that he can run things past, you know, a man who's in connection with brothers, with brotherhood, I think is to me so much more powerful than a man who's isolated and alone and trying to do it all himself. our fan favorite girl talk. We are um, really excited about this one. We've been talking about this one. So I'm really happy to be doing this bonus episode for the month of April, where our theme has been owning your power as a man. And I wasn't going to do this episode, but I really felt called to do it. And I felt like it would be kind of like missing from the canon if I didn't do it. So um Thank you for being here with me, ladies, to talk about this very important subject. Hi. Okay, so I think we'll start normally the way that we normally do. So we'll just go around and um, say your name and around how old you are and your relationship status. And then um, for this first round, let's also add um, what it means to you as a woman to be in your power. Anyone can start. I'll start. Hi, I'm Donna and I'm 51. I recently eloped, so I'm married. And what it feels like for me to be in my power, especially recently, is for me to be aware of when I'm not in my power as fast as possible so that I can kind of get my balance and be um, the kind of person that I want to be sometimes in the past when I wasn't, I would slip into unconscious and be reactive. So being in my power now is just being really aware so that I can hold space for whoever is in my space and maybe not in their power at the time. Nice. Thank you. Hey y'all, this is Nancy. I am 26 and I'm single. I don't know, if, Mel, if you wanted us to rate that on a scale of oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I like to do that. <laughs> I would say, How single are you, Nance? Um, let's see. Let's pull out my calculator. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm about maybe a three or four. So um let's and then what it means for me to be in my power. So similar to um, Donna's response, for me to be in my power lately looks like uh, self-awareness. It looks like being out in the world and being external as opposed to being internal and sort of ruminating and analyzing in my head. So just being present to what's happening, being flexible and adaptable and sort of free-flowing and uh, intentional about that. I love that. I think that you speak for a lot of people in terms of that, you know, it, the, the sort of like one of my old boyfriends put it as like imploding versus mm -hmm. like sharing. So yeah, thanks for speaking to that. Just the ruminating part and might not be what it looks like when you're in your power. Absolutely. Um, I am I'm sorry. How old am I now? Okay. I'm in my late thirties. <laughs> I forget sometimes. Um, and I would say I'm like a one I'm really single. And for me, what being in my power actually looks like is genuinely sharing how I'm feeling, um, without shaming myself for it. So I was upset by this thing that happened and I share it with the person, um, and I don't shame myself and same thing for just situations in my life. Like I 
it's like self-acceptance and then self-expression feels like me being in my power. Amen. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks ladies. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so now that we've talked about ourselves and our power, um, the focus of this episode is really the impact on us when a man is in his power versus when he's not. So I, I feel like same thing. We should sort of define terms before we go into that. We're going to tell some stories about actual situations from our lives when men have been in their power or not in our experience. We can't speak for the men, obviously, but so this is from our experience. So um, I'm wondering for you ladies, what does it mean to you when a man is in his power? I'll start. This is Donna. And I've got a couple of stories and they're, they're a little bit, they're very different actually. One was with a boyfriend that I had who was um, extremely accommodating and, and loving really. He was a, a very, very nice guy, but I would say he's, you know, unfortunately, I think he, he was like the nice guy, kind of nice guy. And after being together for a while, I got stuck in being um, bratty and my worst self and he'd still try to accommodate me. And so I found myself, I, I was a lot younger. I don't know if I would do this today, but I found myself like trying to trigger him just to see if he would stand up and n- not really go for that behavior. And um, this was really early on in my dating again. So I, I, it's almost embarrassing to say that I did that. But part of it, I, I feel like, was because I was trying to trigger him into being in his power. And um, so that would be one. And and so um, let me pause you there. Yeah. Um, first of all, I love that you said that because I I also this is a topic I want to delve into on the podcast of like what it elicits in us because I'm similar where that behavior elicits the worst in me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But so for you, if you're just just defining terms, what does it mean to you for a man to be in his power? I would say it means that he knows what's important to him. He knows what's important to us. It's almost like he's got his values set. I mean, for lack of a better word, I don't know if that's the right word, but he knows what's important and he stands by that in the face of what's going on. And that means whether in our relationship, if I'm, you know, in my power or not, he's not like being, um, you know, wishy-washy and he's not over-accommodating. He's also not trying to squash me. So he's holding his healthy space, I think is kind of the way that I would say it. I love that. Thank you. Nance, what does it mean to you for a man to be in his power? Oh man, let's see. Where do I start? All right. So I'd say what it means for me to see a man in his power is, you know, a man who has a healthy sort of relationship with his, his masculinity. So obviously we all have, you know, masculine and feminine energy in us, but a man who outwardly displays that masculine is someone who has a sense of leadership, has a sense of drive, is ambitious, knows what he wants and goes after it, is sort of firm in what he he wants. And again, Donna mentioned this is not wishy-washy or unsure or uncertain, um, similar to what y'all have sort of grazed um, over. I'm sure we'll kind of dive into some more throughout is um, when I don't see those sort of characteristics or qualities, it makes me, it leaves me feeling really disoriented because I then feel like I have to take on that role, right? The, the leadership role and the drive and ambition and driving and so on and so forth. Yeah, I hear, I hear that. <laughs> um, so for me, a man in his power, what it, what, when I say that, for me, a lot of it is um, a man who's in his body and is making decisions from his gut and not just from what will make other people happy. So for me, a man in his power is one who is connected to his sense of self that lives in his body, not just in his head or what he should do Mm -hmm. and willing to stand for that and speak to that. And um, yeah. So like, so a man in his, in his power is a man who's willing to stand up 
and um, stay present even when it's hard. <laughs> and that, you know, even when it's hard could be like an argument we're having or something that's happening in the world or <clears throat> something at work, but just the ability to stay present and connected to what he wants and what he values, even if it's hard to do that. And someone might be mad at him. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I do too. I think what's poignant about what you shared there is the part where in the face of conflict, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of, you know, like opposition that he is firm and kind of assertive in knowing what it is that he wants or what he's fighting for or so on and so forth. Totally. Totally. So, um, yeah, I want to make this really concrete. Um, so I'd love to share, I'd love for each of us to go around and just share a story, a memorable story of a time that a man wasn't in his power with you and what the effect was on you. And then we'll do the opposite and we'll share a few stories of when a man was and what the impact was. But I'm really interested in the, yeah, the effect, like what, what happened, what did it trigger in you or what was the effect on you when, when that happened? Anyone can start. Okay, I'll, I'll go. So I have a, um, I'm trying to think of a, a specific because I'm kind of thinking generalizations, but um, in the past I was in a relationship with a man who thought he was in his power, but really he, it, this power came from his insecurity. And we were together for a very long time, like 20 years. And so we knew how to trigger each other, unfortunately. And the way that it came across in, for example, in fights was an automatic blaming. That's really what I remember. And so this, this trigger, trigger, trigger thing would happen, defensive, defensive, defensive. Um, I would say that, you know, um, for me, I hadn't done as much work then as I have now. And certainly he hadn't done any work. So when, when he was faced with whether it was me saying something that would trigger him, it would be all blame. And then that wouldn't, um, you know, I, I, that triggered me. So on one hand, it's, it, it's both of us. It takes two to tango. Um, but I really noticed this was a really highly controlling relationship. And um, I would say that he thought he was in his power because he thought he was in control, but really he was kind of, bulldozing everybody around him including me yeah I wish it was more specific I don't nothing came to mind in terms of a specific story yeah it was more like the whole dynamic and it was and and him blaming you would be like god Donna you you did it again you know you like was it like denigrating stuff that he would say that like that tone very very much yes that's exactly it I think that's a good um, point to make about false power. Cause I do think that that's, you know, like the controlling man who's trying to dominate his woman, I think is, is kind of seen as, as powerful in our culture in a certain way, but it's not real power. It's right. false power. It's, it's insecurity wrapped up in being controlling, which is not the same thing. And I think that's, kind of important in a discussion about power is it's not about forcing someone else to do something. That's not real power. But in English, we kind of use it like the, that word I think has a lot of like associations with it. And that's one of them. You know, we say that a dictator has a lot of power. Exactly. But that's not the kind of power we're talking about in this conversation. And I think that's a great example of that's not real power, what he was doing. Dominating and controlling and manipulating and blaming is not powerful. <laughs> it's, an right. attempt, it's an attempt to try to get your way so that you feel less out of control. Right. I would say that when you find in a relationship or even in life that the power you're bringing to it is destructive in some way to a person, to something that, you know, <laughs> it's time to look at is that real power? Because I don't think real power is destructive. That's a great distinction. I love that. Like, is this constructing more connection between us or is this destroying intimacy? Right. Uh, Nance? Yeah. Um, Let's see. A situation in which I felt 
as though a man wasn't in his power. So I had been dating this person who um, every time there, anytime there was a kind of emotionally driven conversation come up uh, and, you know, there were any discussions around like where our relationships stood um, or, you know, the direction of our relationship or how he felt about me, um, he would kind of just shut down. So uh, just to rewind a little bit, I'm going to speak about power in the context of, of, of dating. Um, and this isn't a super specific story, but kind of, I think what's important to address here, I think is, is the dynamic of the situation, which is, you know, every time we would have any, any sort of conversation of, of this sort, um, he would kind of just shut down and say, I don't know. Like that was his, that was just his response. Like he would just get really frustrated and um, unable to just piece together his words to, to respond to me in when I was sharing my feelings or my emotions or, you know, how I felt about him or how I felt about the relationship or how, I, what I wanted to, what I wanted out of the relationship or where I, you know, wanted to see it go. And so the response was just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> over and over and over and over again, which, you know, for me, it was so frustrating because how can you play, you know, relationships are like playing a game of tennis, right? You're like hitting the ball back and forth. Like there has to be exchange. There has to be, you know, like reciprocation there. The communication takes two, but I found myself in this relationship with one person with this other person where I was just playing golf, you know, <laughs> like I was just fun, 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 fun. I'm not sure if that's the correct uh, nomenclature for golf, but. <laughs> um, Double yeah. points for using the word nomenclature on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> Big words. Um, and so um, it was just super frustrating for me to be in that situation and, and, you know, kind of the relationship because I found myself then having to play the role of driving, you know, and like initiating conversation and like trying to like coax responses and, you know, just feel also frustrated because I was getting nowhere, but like trying to maintain that like sense of calmness um, and, and like leadership and um, I think I, I do want to clarify, I mentioned earlier that like leadership is something that I look for, like when, or something that I look for in like, you know, a man and, and who's, who like displays or represents that he's in his power. I want to say that there is a sort of leadership too, when it comes to like um, femininity, but uh, that looks differently. It, it looks like, you know, like, I don't know. Um leading with feelings, right. Leading with my emotions, like leading with, um, telling him how I feel authentically and vulnerably and honestly without like attacking. Right. And then on the man, on the man side, like leadership is like, okay, I hear what you're saying and like driving, driving with that or like driving forward with that information. Yeah, I hear that. And I think we'll probably, well, I'll share my story and then I think we'll circle back to something you said around this. Um, are you, do you feel complete? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a memorable experience that I had was I, this is, um, this was an old boyfriend of mine and we'd been together for like a while, like a year, year and a half. And we, um, we had kind of a volatile relationship, I would say. And I never really knew, um, where, where he stood emotionally (laughs) in many ways. Um, Nancy, similar to your story, he, he wouldn't bring up any emotional conversations ever. Um, and would very rarely ever ask me if he noticed something was going on for me. Um, he wouldn't ask about it. So 
uh, I felt confused and disoriented most of the time. So at this point uh, in this in this story, I was going over to his place and we were going to watch a movie and something had happened and I don't remember what it was, but I think I had like gone and seen a friend or something. I don't remember, but, but something had happened, right? And so I get to his place and I, he had one of those like really big beds. So we would watch movies on his bed. I get on the bed and he's all the way on the other side of the bed and doesn't touch me. Doesn't really like, doesn't do much of acknowledging my presence. And I'm like, Hey, you know, is there something wrong or like something going on? And he said, no. Um, and then we watched the movie and it was kind of weird and awkward and distant. And I was not sure if something was going on or like, I was like, I don't really know what to do. I'm not really sure what's happening. He said everything was fine. So I guess it is, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, that whole like stressful experience that I'm sure many of us have been through. And after the movie, he made some comment about how I had gone out with my friends or something like something had obviously triggered him about it. And I don't remember the details of what had happened, but I remember the feeling of being very, very creeped out that he had held on to that the whole movie and that I had explicitly asked him if there was something going on and he'd said no. And then he like passive aggressively gave me a little jab instead of actually bringing it up. And so to me, that is an explicit example of a man who's not in his power. And that that sort of like passive aggressive jab um, that doesn't address the actual hurt or anger or whatever was going on for him. I still don't know what the hell it was. Um, but I, I remember feeling kind of betrayed actually. Like you, you told me everything was okay, I, I sat here feeling like anxious for two and a half hours, like feeling like there was something wrong that you wouldn't tell me. And now you're, you're just like jabbing at me. Like we're still not actually having a conversation about the real thing. And I really felt unsafe like that. Like that's the takeaway for me in that conversation is I think there were many times that I felt unsafe with this person, but that's a memorable one where I was like, wow, I, I really cannot trust you. Like I cannot trust you. Even if I ask you about what's going on, you're not going to tell me. And then you're going to passive aggressively like lash out at me. And like, I felt <clears throat> really unsafe. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was my, um, that was a memorable moment. I'm going to tell another story as well uh, about the the power thing that relates to what you said, Nance, because I think it's really important and it, it, it feels like it comes up a lot in male-female dynamics. So I was, um, I was at my place, this was like a long time ago, I was at my house and I was having like a low key party, like a gathering kind of thing. And there were two guys there. I was, wasn't dating either of them. I think one of them had a thing for me. I don't know about the other one. Um, but they were kind of, yeah, passive guys, like in general, like I think Donna, you were mentioning kind of like the nice guy, like Mm -hmm. kind of like the nice guy. Um, and as a group, we were sort of like, Oh, like we should play a game. Like let's get a board game or let's play a game or something. And so there was this like tentative plan to play a game. So I'm standing in the living room with these two guys and there's this long pause and, um, (laughs) we're standing in the room where the games are like on a shelf and I'm just kind of waiting to see if they do anything, which they don't. And I just vividly remember like feeling enraged, like totally enraged, just like, God, you can't even like take a step to like look at the games or choose a game or say, what do you think about this game? Or like take any action at all. Like I remember standing there and they were looking at me and I just had this feeling of like little boys waiting for mom to tell them what to do kind of. And I felt so enraged and like, I was just pissed. Like I was really angry and I was like, okay, I guess I'll choose a game. So I went and did it, but I was angry and I was bitchy and I was like, not like nice. And, um, so the effect on me was like kind of similar to, of like, I do not trust either of you. 
like my like my trust level plummeted and I was and also respect I I had some sense of just like ugh like it, it kind of elicited disgust in me of just like ugh like you can't even you can't even move forward like you can't even like take any kind of action here and I think that that's a really interesting story because I wasn't in a relationship with either of these people and the stakes were really low. It was just about a board game. It wasn't like an emotional conversation of like, are we going to stay together? Like, um, but it still elicited such an ugly part of me. And I think that the, um, Nance, what you were saying about like, okay, well, I guess I'll pick up the mantle of, of driving this situation because obviously you're not going to. And, um, me, you know, as like, we talk about polarity and masculine feminine. Like for me, that doesn't feel very good. I don't feel great um, driving in that way um, because I think that there's a part of me that feels resentful that I have to. Yeah. Like I shouldn't have to. Like I can drive in my life. I can, you know, there are situations where I can drive and, um, you know, even in a relationship, Nance, like you, you know, one thing that you mentioned was the feminine revealing her heart, like, you know, opening up to a man and saying like, I felt really hurt by this, or I felt anxious, or I'm feeling scared or like that to me is the feminine driving in a way of like, I'm taking action. I'm sharing my heart with you. And I don't, I don't find that that triggers resentment in me. That feels different to me. Like there's a way that that feels like that's my part in a relationship. Like that's what I'm supposed to do as the feminine is like, even when it's hard, even when it's scary, even when I don't want to, like, even when I'm like, fuck, he's going to judge me. I feel so much shame around this. My role is to show up and reveal my heart. Yeah. And, um, there's something different though, about these circumstances that we're describing here of like, like the man is there and he's not driving. Like he, it's like, he's there, but he's not taking action or something that doesn't feel good. And then I'm like, okay, fine. I'll take the action. I'll do the thing. I'll book the book, the restaurant. I'll do, you know, whatever the action is. And then I'm annoyed. And like, it just brings out such a like ugly part of me that I I wanted to name that, especially in this episode, because I've noticed it repeatedly that like, the worst parts of me, like the angry, vindictive, mean-spirited, like, you know, bitchy, whiny, like just mean parts come out, especially when I'm around a man who I feel like is not being in his power. And Donna, you mentioned that a little bit. I'm wondering if you can speak a little to that dynamic, because I think it's really important in this conversation. Yeah, well, from what I noticed in myself is, you know, in the moment, it it absolutely, you said all the words, you know, it elicit, you know, that sort of behavior or non-action or non-committedness um, to whatever it is, not even just me, just to, you know, whatever it is we're up to does bring out the worst in me. And even worse than that is at the time I would find myself than almost testing and, you know, like proactively bringing out the worst in myself as a way to provoke. And that, I mean, I, that was kind of the end of the relationship when I noticed that about myself, like I'm like trying to provoke this person into being, you know, a man. And that doesn't feel good to me to be this kind of a person to be provoking like this. It was unhealthy. And, um, it ended the relationship. Yeah, I hear that. And I, when, as you were speaking, I could feel it in myself and it feels like, to me, it's like sharp in my stomach, just like sharp energy that just, it just feels bad. Like it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good. Like I know I'm not being at my best and just like jabbing and sharp and like, and my stomach's in knots. Yeah. The words that sit out to me too when y'all were both sharing was resentment and a lack of trust. I definitely feel those things come up for me when I'm, you know, interacting or in or engaging or in a relationship with a man who's not driving and being in his, being in his power, being in his, uh, his leadership in, in that sort of way. 
Okay, so let's shift gears now because I think that the the theme of trust and I think all of this is going to come up again in these shares about when a man was in his power and um I think we'll try to we'll try to do two stories each. We'll see what comes up, but I'd really like to tell a couple of concrete stories in different contexts of when a man was in his power and and the effect that it had on us. Um so anyone can start. I'm happy to start again. Um, so one of the, early on in um, dating in a, re, in a relationship, in my current relationship, in marriage, early on as we were getting to know each other, we had an amazing date, an amazing night. Um, it was like our you know, third date, I think. Um, lots of conversation, deep conversation. And, you know, the kind where you open your heart and share, and I was vulnerable and raw in, in a lot of ways. Um, so the next day, it was a Sunday, and I was just kind of lounging around, and um, I got a phone call, you know, from, from him, and he said, hey, what are you doing? Is it okay if I come over in an hour? I've got some questions, and I'd like to continue our conversation from last night. And to me, that was totally bold, right? We were just brand new dating, and he's like inviting himself over on a Sunday, you know, while I'm in my jammies. <laughs> so to me, that was like totally bold. So I said, if I said yes, and I was like, I kind of didn't know what to expect. And um, he came over and he literally had a list of questions. I, and I teased him about it. But like looking back, I was so, and he asked hard questions. He said that there were some things that came up that he'd been thinking about and, you know, he wasn't sure about, but he really needed clarity on that he wanted to move forward in this relationship. And we just sat down and had, another real heart to heart, but it was led by him. It was because he was present to me the night before and really cared about some of the things that came up and the nuances of it. And he was bold. I call it to this day. I was like, Oh yeah, everything changed on bold day. So. You have a name for it. That's so cute. <laughs> Do you celebrate bold day? I feel like you guys should definitely celebrate bold day. We, we talk about it. We talk about it a lot. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was bold day. And he's like, Oh yeah, I had some questions. <laughs> Oh my God. That's so great. That's like, too cute. So many things are great about that story, but I think the, like the thing that jumps out the most is um, sort of like what we were talking about earlier is he felt the call. Like he, he wanted to know these things and he didn't wait for like permission. Right. right. He called you and he asked, like, I would like to do this. I would like to come over. I have some questions is that cool with you? So he led, he drove, he like felt the call and followed the call and, and like really showed up and, and was in his power. And I I think that's a great story too. Cause like, you know, part of his power there was from his curiosity and his, Mm -hmm. um, and, and he was open. It sounds like he was open about like, you know, there's some question that I would need answered before I move forward in a relationship here. And that's such a bold thing to say, like you said, because Nance, like part of what you were speaking to is a man who's like dodging relationship, (laughs) like dancing around it, like kind of like trying not to be in it a a bit versus like, I'm interested in being in a relationship with you. I would need these questions answered first is a very like, here's where I would like us to go. Right. Right. It's a clear direction. And then it's like, and I need these things to be cleared up for me to feel awesome about moving forward. Yep. Well, and it, it was, it was a little scary for me. But, uh, you know, but he, he made the process feel safe, you know, all the way along, even though it was, it was really scary and, you know, vulnerable for me. But then, of course, the conversation, you know, was, was a good one. And what effect did that have on your trust level and attraction level to him? Like I said, it did. It actually changed everything. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to share just one, the next piece of the story, which is kind of the, an extended, extended part of the same story. So we had this great conversation and then we had our next date scheduled and, um, he didn't tell me where we were going. You know, he just said, you know, be ready. Um, you know, it was like on a Wednesday night or something. And, um, so I did, I got ready. Everything was all set. And, um, and he came over with a picnic. So he didn't take me out. He's like that. He goes, this was a risk, but I wanted to continue our conversation. He brought a tablecloth. He brought the, um, the 
silverware and plates and food and everything, flowers, he, well, rose petals everywhere. He laid it all out, but he showed up and I didn't know. And he's like, I know that was kind of risky for, you know, I know you thought we were going out, but I really wanted to have the time to talk. And um, that, so the bold day was the day that changed everything. And that day was the day that I just knew, like, I can't not fall in love right here. I'm just going to let myself do it. And I had to let go. I mean, I, I could feel my internal, like, wanting to be, you know, I, I thought that I was just dating. <laughs> and there I was falling in love. And it was because of the way he led. Oh, that's a great story. And especially that last part of, you know, the effect of him being in his power and moving from there was that you fell in love with him. Right. I, just, I, mean, I, could, I could trust him. I knew what he, even if what he wanted wasn't what I expected, I knew I could trust it. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I took a selfie of like when it happened. I have a picture of like the moment that I just knew. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was giving him a hug, but I was like, I have to take a picture of this because I always want to remember this moment. This is it. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. Aww, I want to see that picture after the call. Okay, I'll share it. I'll okay. share it with you. Right. <laughs> How about you, Nance? That's so cute. Um, let's see. One of the stories that comes to mind for me is um, I was dating this, actually, just to rewind a little bit, I, I'm going to preface by saying that I think that there are a lot of guys who don't want to assert that they, you know, in, in the context of dating, that they want you or they want a woman right now because they meet, they think that means that, that, that they'll have, like, that means forever. Like they won't say like in the context of dating, like, Oh, I, I really like you and I want to whatever, continue to see you. Like they I want to be with you. I want right. to be with you. Yeah. Right. Because they think that means that you think they want to marry you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> to you for 95 years. Right. Yep. And then have babies and whatever, all that stuff. So, um, I'll just start by that, by saying that. And the reason why I want to start with that is because I was, you know, in the context of dating, I was dating this guy and I had just gotten out. I had just come out of a long-term relationship at this point. This was the was this the summer of summer 2017? Of <laughs> <laughs> the famed summer of 2017. This was uh, the fall of 2015, actually. <laughs> and I had just gotten out of a, a relationship at that point. And I met this guy. And we were, you know, I was pretty upfront with him from the get-go. I said, hey, guess what? Like, you know what? I just got out of a relationship. I, I don't. I, I like, I want to take it slow. I'm not ready to really jump into another relationship. Like that relationship, you know, I'm still sort of like processing and healing some parts of myself. I'm getting out of that relationship. And he was so just compassionate and um, empathetic and understanding and was like, okay. And I still want to continue seeing you. I like you. Like I want oh. to continue dating you. And obviously like, things didn't, you know, uh, work out. Like I'm not, we don't talk anymore. I'm not with him, but that like, just as I was in preparation for this call today, I was thinking about him and like, he's, I, I would like, he's one of the guys I've dated that I would like not hesitate to reach out to and be like, Hey, I hope you're well. Or, Hey, like, I, I'm obviously not going to do that. Cause I <laughs> don't, um, I don't text my exes, but you know, like he's, he's one of the people that in my mind I have such a great impression of because like he knew what he wanted, which was to get to know me and to date me and um, continue to do so knowing, you know, that there might've been some, uh, I guess, uh, obstacles to work around with me because I had just gotten out of a relationship and was still healing. So he knew what he want, wanted. He went after it. I me. he like was, he like was just so awesome in so many ways and like would plan dates and would drive and 
um, I, I talk about him a lot on this podcast, actually, when I share my good stories <laughs> about men. But yeah, that elicited in me just this like, just sense of safety, of trust, of um, of wanting to be there and continuing to date him and getting to know him because I knew that because even though I felt, you know, quote unquote, broken, that he wanted he still he didn't think that of me he didn't think I was broken and he still wanted to really get to know me and understand my heart no that last part (laughs) (laughs) oh okay um I love that story for a couple of reasons and but the thing that I heard the loudest was I kind of heard like a sense of like you were able to relax like you knew where he stood and he told you where he stood. Like, right. I still want to get to know you. I really like you. And um, I'm still here. And I feel like that is, um, that's an important part of this sort of discussion is the effect on the feminine is often that like we relax, right? There's a sense of relaxation. Right. Like I feel my stomach unclench, right? Like the clenching of the, <laughs> the other clenching I was talking about kind of like unclenches, like something like, let's go a little bit and like relaxes and like, it's much easier for us, I think, to be soft and to be feminine and to surrender it from that place. Yeah. Like the, the way the masculine shows up affects us, I guess is like, Absolutely. The main, yeah. The main thing that I kind of want to just highlight because there's a dance that's happening there, you know, like how he shows up affects how I show up and how I show up affects how he shows up. Absolutely. Um, but specifically in this, yeah, in this case, we're talking about the way a man shows up when he's in his power, has you relax and soften and trust. And the opposite is, is also seems to be true when he shows up, not in his power, it makes us tense and angry and defensive. <laughs> and right. Yeah. I'm kind of bitchy. I'm really kind of like mean. Yeah. Mean. Um, so my story is that it's funny. This is like coming to me now, not the story I planned on, but um, I would say that uh, an example of a man standing in his power was um, I was in like, uh, you know, when you're like in a friend group or a community circle kind of thing. And um, so you, you have someone that's kind of like an acquaintance, kind of like a friend, you know, not a close mm-hmm. friend, someone like that. So a guy that was like around and I had always been attracted to him. Um, he'd been in and out of relationships and I thought he wasn't into me. And then, um, at some point, um, we, we, we lived in different cities, so I would visit occasionally. So we didn't like see each other all the time. So it, at one point when I visited, um, I was flirting with him and it wasn't like hardcore flirting. It wasn't like, I'm trying to seduce you. It was just, I found him really attractive. And so I flirted with him. And so the next day we met up and he was like, he was like, I find you very attractive and I would really be interested in, um, being physical with you. I'm not looking for a relationship right now. And you're free to say yes or no, but I wanted you to know, like, I'm interested in being sexual with you. And I was like, Oh, like, uh, well, thanks for telling me. And, um, at the time I was single and I was like, not, I, there weren't that many men in my life that I had, that I found attractive at that point. Like there weren't like guys that I was like, I would like to hook up with this, but this guy, the way that he showed up and the way that he just like stood there in his power and was like, I like you. I find you very attractive. I would like to have sex with you. If you would like to have sex with me. Um, he said it in a better way than that. I'm not like saying the words that he said, but it was like, he wasn't, um, he wasn't ashamed of it and he wasn't trying to manipulate the situation. And he was upfront about what he wanted and he wanted me. And he was like, I'm not looking for a relationship. And, you know, I totally get it if you don't want to do this. And I was like, um, yeah, I want to do this. So it was really great. I mean, it was like some of the best sex that I've had and it it felt really clean. I guess that was like the, like, it was really life affirming and nourishing and it felt really clean. Like it didn't feel like shady or weird or, or whatever. And, um, 
yeah and and it was this it was a similar sensation of being able to relax because I felt like oh he's leading like he's leading he's driving he's holding the space he knows what he wants and he was really like I felt like there was so much space and so much room for me to say yes or no like that was I think that's a big deal in terms of of power especially because a lot of what we're talking about is you know the masculine and being able to create space for us. Um, I felt like he was really like offering something like I really like you and I would like to, to, you know, play with you basically. And if you don't want to, that's totally okay. Like I'm, I'm here and I'm offering this I'm creating the space and I'm not going to punish you or shame you or attack you if you say no to me. So I think there's something about that in terms of a man who's truly in his power can hear yes or no. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so I'd love to hear a couple more stories, if we have them, of um, men who were in their power and the effect it had on us. And it doesn't have to be in a dating context. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. I have another story, actually. It is in the dating context. So <laughs> coincidentally, uh, my story is about a guy who was mentally and emotionally and physically in his power. <laughs> he wasn't violent. I might have shared this story actually on this podcast, but uh, I was in uh, with, I was with my ex-boyfriend and we were in, um, we were in Cancun for spring break in college. And we were at this nightclub, a super popular nightclub in Cancun. And I was dancing with one of my girlfriends and it was just me and her. And then these, a few guys started to like, kind of like be vultures and create like this circle around us too. And at the time, like my boyfriend, I don't know, was my ex-boyfriend was getting like going to get drinks or something, or just, he was a little bit further away. And then he, um, I remember him walking over and he kind of just like put his arm between like the space that was between me and my girlfriend and like these three guys that had circled around us. And like, he didn't say anything. He literally just put out his arm in front of like, like in between us and like, kind of just like, guided these guys away (laughs) from from us and I thought it was such um I was in that moment I was like "Ooh, (laughs) my man is claiming me you know like he is in his power like not just uh like obviously it was like trying to start a fight or trying to be violent with these dudes but like he was like that's my that's my woman and I'm you know like I'm gonna protect her or I'm gonna Mm -hmm. like claim her Yeah. yeah I like that story. I like, I like that. You know, it's funny hearing that story this time, what occurred to me was, I think that the, the toxic masculine version of that is like, you know, going and like shoving the guys away or like, you know, starting a fight, which is like, it makes it about him. Right. Like that, that story would then be about him, like his, like a, you know, an affront to his masculinity or like if this is, you know, my woman kind of thing versus what your boyfriend did, which is like, this is about the connection with me and my woman. Like, this is about my woman. Like, this is my woman. I'm protecting her. It's not about me asserting myself in some way. It's not about my identity. It's about, like, my woman. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, And what was the effect on you? I felt safe. I felt secure. I felt like I trusted him. Like, he had my back. Like, he was in my corner. If anything, you know... Um, went down or if I was in any sort of like compromised situation he'd be like I'm there I'm there like I felt like I kind of melted a little bit I was like oh I'm there that's awesome that's great um I'll go so this is interesting this is actually a story about a guy that I dated very very briefly I don't know. We hooked up like once and I wasn't that into it. And, um, he, he really liked me. Like I knew that he really liked me. Um, and my, this is my suspicion. My suspicion is that he like went and talked to some of his friends, like some of his boys 
Um, and they were like, if you like her and you like want to be, you want to date her, like, don't be friends with her. It's just not worth it. It's just going to be frustrating for you. It's going to be annoying. Like, don't do it. And so he, he stopped uh, hanging out with me. He didn't do, he didn't just take what he could get. He didn't remain friends with me. He was really um, straightforward about it. He was like, if we're not going to be together, I'm not going to be able to be friends with you. Um, But I really, you know, had fun when we were together and have a lot of respect for you. And the fact that he did that earned a lot of my respect. I really felt like he was standing in his power because I could tell that it was kind of new for him to do that. I think that he had been friend zoned in the past and kind of just sort of kept hanging around the person that he had a crush on or whatever, which I don't think is particularly healthy. I think there's something about, I like this person more than a friend. And it's, it's, it's just like excruciating to be around that person. At least for me, for many people I know, it's like, if we're not going to be together, it's not that I hate you or I'm, I'm like cutting you out of my life. It's more like, this is a painful experience for me to be around you. (laughs) So I'm not going to put myself through pain. And there's something really honorable about that and powerful to me. It's like a, like a self-love kind of thing. And so we stopped hanging out and I, um, we again had kind of like overlapping friend circles. So we would occasionally see each other at events, but I really respected him. And I felt like that was him standing in his power and it earned a lot of my respect in a way that, um, other men have not in similar circumstances. And, um, to the point where like, I would have recommended a friend date him. Like I would have been like, this is a good guy. Like this is the guy he'll stand up for himself. Yeah. I, I love just hearing good stories about friend zone, but I love that now. But I agree with that. That, that definitely is someone taking back their, their power, you know, and yeah. Even if it, even if it's you know uncomfortable and even kind of sad, you know, like of course if you're friends and it's you know, but um, but you know, so not sad like in a big deep, you know, in a big way, but just you know, oh, we can't, you know, just hang yeah. out. But taking back his power, I love. Yeah, that. and I think it freed him up to to have an actual relationship, right? Yeah. If he's pining after some girl that has already told him she's not into him, and he's just holding on to hope, like he's not actually available for another relationship. Exactly. So I would suspect that he, yeah, I mean, I bet he's in a relationship now. Like, I think that he, he learned from that. And I think especially, I, I think I also just had respect for like, I just had this sense like, oh, you have, you have guy friends that have your back. Like you, you talk to some people, you talk to your people and your people were like, I think it might be best if you don't like hang out with her anymore. And you listened to that, not to make them right, but cause you felt the truth of what they said. And I had a lot of respect for that too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I have one, one last story that just kind of, just to close the loop on the, on my bad experiences about, you know, how people have reacted to my occasional brattiness. Um, but, um, you know, cause I told the story about the, the controlling person and I could told the story about the one that was over accommodating but um, what I found really works <laughs> was, you know, because here I am, I'm still the same person. And from time to time, I get moody or bitchy or whatever. And instead of being over accommodating, instead of being um, mean or, you know, kind of defensive and getting into a fight in those moments, what my current relationship, what my um, husband does is he kind of just stands there and listens or sits there and listens he doesn't really say anything um and if he does say anything it's kind of neutral or it's um he's not leaving he's still there but he I can tell it's it's a little bit of just holding holding his space not protecting himself but just holding his space sometimes he'll say like hey you know you might want to you know take a couple hours for yourself tonight sometimes we'll be like maybe this is a bath night you know or, you know, but in a, in a way that I can hear it, he's not reacting to me. He's not trying to appease me. And what that's allowed me to do is kind of just realize, um, what I'm bringing to the moment, which at the in those times, isn't necessarily the best me, but I get to take ownership of it. He's not taking it. He's not pushing against me. He's just there. 
holding space. You know, he'd be fine if I stayed, but, you know, we're not going to really, it's just going to be one of those, you know, kind of even keel, nothing really is going on nights if I do that. Um, and I've been able to learn so much about myself just by that non-threatening way of giving me a little space. I really love this story for several reasons. First of all, I think that it contrasts, like you said, with the overly accommodating guy, like the nice guy who would have done anything to appease you in that moment. Yep. Right. Like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do, I'll, you know, I'll do the dishes. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll fix it. Like he just wants to fix you and your bad Mm -hmm. mood. He just wants to fix you. Like, I just don't want her to be upset. I will do anything so that she's not funny. Right. Like, I don't want her to be mad at me. I don't want her to be mad at me. It's like the driving force of like, I don't want her to be mad at me versus what your husband does, which is I'm here. I see you. I'm not going to accommodate. You know, I don't, I don't need you to be different. I don't need you to be in a different way. I don't need to not be upset. I'm here with your upset. I'm not, I'm not going to make you wrong for it. I'm not going to be like, God, you're being such a bitch right now. Like, why are you always so like, why are you, whatever, like blaming, attacking all that stuff, right. but he's also not like accommodating. He's just solidly there. Like yep. here I am, I'm here. I see you. I accept you. And I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna engage. Yeah. I'm not I mean, gonna, not, not, not gonna <laughs> run, not gonna run, but also not gonna engage. <laughs> Hashtag couple goals. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. And, um, I find it really significant though, what you said, which is that, you know, your ability, his ability to do that helps you see yourself and you are then able to take responsibility for your, your behavior and your, you know, your actions and like, God, I'm being such a like brat right now. Like I, I can see where I'm impatient and where I'm, you know, like, I don't want to compromise or I don't want to, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm unhappy. Like, it's like a, like a kid throwing a tantrum, you know, like. It's totally like that. And I get to see my rolling. Here's me going off. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned a lot and, and, you know, and I, you know, hopefully, you know, have been able to cultivate the same so that I can, you know, do that for other people. But I've learned a lot for myself about myself in, in those moments, being able to see. Do you feel like that his ability to do that, like what's the impact on you in terms of, of him? I, I feel like he sees me and accepts me in a way that I've never been seen or accepted before. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds it, like you feel loved. Like I feel, ah, I feel loved and accepted and it's been profound and really just, it's, it's, it's been profound. And I I think something I just want to point out is like, to me, that's like an advanced level of masculine leadership. Like what you're describing, the ability for a man to, to stay present, stay grounded, have his feet on the ground, you know, be in the room with a woman who's in her upset, especially when her upset is about him for him to be able to do that. Like that man has had to do a lot of work. You don't just arrive at that day. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like, like that dude has done some fucking therapy and like, you know, <laughs> right? he's got yes. some, like, he's like in a men's group, you know, like I'm not saying your partner is, but like a man that is in that, in able to show up that way, that is not an accident. And it takes cultivation of masculine practice to be able to do that. Like that's advanced work. That is not easy to stay in the room with a woman in her upset and, and actually be present, not accommodating or attacking. Right. It's, yeah, I would agree. So, um, yeah, we're going to start to wrap up here. I'm wondering if there's any other, anything else that you two want to share about, you know, a man being in his power and its effect on you. I, I just want to just, just what you said, Mel, um, the ability for a man to be in his power, to be able to be present and see me and accept me for who I am, accept us for who we are, has, um, that's the kind of relationship where, you know, that I've always wanted, which is that 
we support each other in our growth together. I support him and his growth. And I feel so supported in my own growth. And it doesn't mean that, you know, every moment is a perfect moment. Like what we just described, you know, those aren't like the most perfect moments right then that you're like, ah, you know, they're, they're harder moments, but they're the ones that matter so much and have allowed me to continue to grow and continue to relax into being myself. Oh, I like that last part. Relax into being myself. Yeah. Also, maybe this is a bath night. I find that really funny. (laughs) Really funny shorthand. Like, hey, babe, like maybe this is a bath night. It's just like, (laughs) I see you. I see you being really upset and I love you. And and I'm not going to, you know, run and do everything to try to make it better. But like, I don't know. It's it's just a fun, I think that's a fun little couple shorthand that you guys have. Yeah. (laughs) Nance any final shares yeah I'd say to just I guess in the dating context I've been referring to that quite a lot because that's where my field of expertise is um you know a a man in his power and I mentioned this I kind of alluded to this before but a man in his power in the in the scope of dating is a man who knows kind of is able to claim whether or not he wants to be in engaging or in relationship with the person that he is seeing. So um, I found that all the, re- all the kind of guys I've dated where the dynamic was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I want, I don't know what I want. I felt so just like unsettled and stressed and, um, it, you know, felt myself building up resentment, so on, so forth. Like it was just so uncomfortable and, and, and I don't know, um, versus like the guys that I've dated who have said like, Hey, I want this right now, or I want to be with you right now. Like I really felt that I could just be more myself and like trust and like be happy to be there. So I just want to like point out in the dating context, like again, guys, like you don't, you saying like you want to be with a girl right, right then and like right there and right now, like in this moment, like doesn't mean that you need to, um, you know, like put a ring on it and get married and have babies and so on and so forth, you know? like you being your power is saying like, Hey, I want this right now. I don't, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going to go, but I want to be with you right now, right here. And we'll figure it out. We'll see where this goes. So. Yeah. I like that. I think that kind of relates to one thing I was noticing in the conversation, which is um, it seems to me like a pattern is that a man who's in his power does know what he wants. And in order to know what you want, again, you kind of have to be in your body. (laughs) Like you have to be in your body. You can't be in your head. And so I think it's really easy for all of us to get in our heads, men and women. And um, so to me, part of a man in his power is a man who has practices that regularly get him into his body and help him figure out what he does want where he does want to go, what he does want to do. And, you know, that, you know, I think can include like physical practices and stuff that you do on your own, but also relational, like a man who does have friends that he can have deep conversations with a man who is a member of tribes where he can get real and a man who has mentors that he respects that he can run things past, you know, a man who's in connection with brothers, with brotherhood, I think is to me so much more powerful than a man who's isolated and alone and trying to do it all himself. Like that, I feel like breeds disempowerment actually in many ways. Um, So I just, yeah, I wanted to say like, I personally feel much safer um, relating with a man who I know has like other support in his life, specifically like other men that he trusts. Like to me, that feels so much more stable and trustable and um, good to be around. And and like, that's a man I want to be with, you know, like really be with um, because it just feels like, wow, there's a, there's a lot of solidity there. Yeah. Yeah. So um, cool. That is our show. Um, and I 
just have a few announcements, um, which is that we're going to be doing our next theme. So this is the final final episode for April. I know it it's going to drop just at the beginning of May, but I really want to do this bonus episode. Um, and I think that the theme for May is going to be around polarity and um, it's going to be an adventure. I'm not exactly sure what we're going to do for the, for some of the episodes, but we are definitely going to do this survey again. So if you're not yet a member of the big sexy data set and you want to participate in the research that I do, just email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com and I will add you to the big sexy data set. And if you are interested in going deeper than just the podcast, I encourage you to check out the free training that Jason and I do, which is called How to Take Control of Your Love Life, How to Take Control of Your Dating Life. Um, and it's really, it's really meant for men who want to learn more and go deeper, especially if you've been through a breakup or a divorce or you feel like you're a late bloomer, you know, it's really for, for you. And you can find that at evolutionary.men slash training.